0: Welcome everybody. No driving gloves again. a little bit different tonight. It's me and will Derek took the day off. Will you out there? Yes, sir. How's things been going for you? I know you've had a kind of a busy couple of weeks.
1: man yeah it's been uh it's been pretty wild at the shop really working hard on the rocket Camaro. I know you know we built the car last year. Well, I say we built it. I mean we bolted a lot of parts together on a second gen Camaro. You know the car went out and performed really well and david decided he wanted to go ahead and use this as some of his marketing campaign for the next several years so he brought the car back to us to totally basically redo everything other than the front suspension so um goal was to have it in in des moines which was last weekend we didn't you know we unfortunately wasn't able to uh to meet that goal Uh, so we're we were pushing for louisville and unfortunately my lead lead man on the project uh, had a death in the family he's gonna have to spend a week or so in oklahoma so uh it's not looking like we're gonna make louisville either but uh, we're still still working hard trying to you know trying to make that happen and you know it's it's gonna be a tough road to hoe but um Still trying to make it. Working candle cane and trying to get this thing on the track for David so it can be seen and hopefully him sell a lot of rocket racing wheels.
0: Yeah, I like some of the stuff that he has. I know we still have talked about putting them on my van. Maybe we'll get around to that one day.
1: <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there.
0: You know, when rocket yeah. when Rocket Racing Wheels becomes a sponsor, sponsorships <laughs> available, <laughs> we can work that in.
1: You know, I think it might be a good, cool to have maybe David on the show one day. I mean, he comes from the the Coker Tire family. His dad actually started Coker Tire, and uh, his brother Corky just, you know, recently sold Coker Tire, and he owns Rocket Racing Wheels, so, you know, it might be somebody pretty cool to have on the podcast.
0: I'd love to have a wheel guy on the podcast. I've been trying to figure out one to reach out to, and... He might be able to answer my question because I have one common complaint about almost every aftermarket wheel. And amazingly, he doesn't have many wheels that have that style to them. We'll wait till we get him on there and then I'll I'll throw the question out whether we get him or, you know, Brad Fanshaw or, you know, somebody. But (laughs) we'll figure that out. And I really like the stuff that you had been doing to the... uh, Rocket Racing Wheels Camaro, um, you know, I was up at your shop a couple of weeks ago, or maybe now it was a couple of months ago, I can't remember which, you guys were doing a wide body, and I might have commented it on the show before, and you just weren't tacking on Ranchero plastic fender flares like Chrysler does or Liberty Walk does or anything. Your your metal guys were uh, massaging and actually building a, you know, integrated wide body fender, and to me, that that's just if it's it's not a wide body unless the actual whole fender is molded around the uh, t- you know, tire and such. When it's a tacked on, something's t- visibly tacked on. It's not a wide body. It's you know, it's, geez, I can do that out of the J.C. Whitney catalog.
1: So yeah, that that's exactly what I was doing today, yeah. pretty much all day today on the power hammer, planishing hammer, uh, on the front fenders was finishing hammering out the getting the bulges in the fender where the fin, you know, where the bulges needed to be and uh, probably do an updated video on that. Hopefully tomorrow afternoon, we should have the front sheet metal back on it. So look for that. It ought to be uh, it ought to be pretty neat to see the fenders actually all welded together and planished out and pretty much the fenders, will the front fenders will be ready for, for the body shop tomorrow afternoon.
0: Remember, we're recording this, and I'm, not, I'm going to say, we might release this episode a little bit early, so that it could be you released the video yesterday, or you released the video, whatever, you released, maybe released that video on July 11th, we'll just put it that way. We had a topic planned out for tonight, and then I was doing some just reading like I usually do, and... With the Iola car show coming up and stuff, there was some kind of big news out of Wisconsin as it affects hot rodding and custom cars, kit cars, basically hobbyist cars and uh, classic cars. thought Will Will would have some sayings on this too. And for those, let me go ahead and set this up Uh, for those that don't know, and I want to say early April or such, there was a gentleman in Wisconsin uh, who had his 32 Ford hot rod ticketed by the Wisconsin Highway Patrol. And I'm getting this through news reports from Old Cars Weekly, from uh, the Wisconsin hot rod, Facebook and websites, and a few few other websites. So I'm getting all this inf- information secondhand through the, the press, but I think it needs to be brought to attention because if we don't tell you about it and if we don't all, as a nation, pay attention to what's going on, it's like the the little side job I have selling cigars. I have people coming in all the time now saying, when cigars get so expensive, they're like 3 and $4 more than they used to be. Well, that's because everybody didn't pay attention in 2016 when a new... Mandate was signed. It wasn't a law. Nobody voted on it. And the tobacco companies decided cigars fell into the cigarette taxing, and they came up with a whole new tax structure for cigars. We did a lot of publicizing and pushing, write your senators, write your congressmen. Complain about this. Nobody did. Nobody paid attention. And here we are three years later and $6 cigars are $9 cigars, at least in Alabama. And, you know, if you're in New York, $10 cigars are probably $18 cigars. Now, we've got to pay attention to these laws and what happens in various states, because you give them an inch, they take a mile. And what it ended up happening to this uh, hot rod owner is he, w- he received uh, three fix-it tickets, you know, equipment violations, and i know two of the tickets were for operating without fenders it's actually all three Fen- with operating without fenders hoods or a proper exhaust system and and we all know our 32 fords how they look you know they don't have hoods on them and you do the shorty headers and things like that well this car was registered as a hobbyist car which is supposed to exempt it from those state laws the Highway Patrol and the, the car community of Wisconsin have argued for going on three or four years now how to interpret law, the laws that were designed in the 1990s that legislate hobbyist cars and collector cars. And what ended up happening is the state police doesn't see it the way the hobbyist does. If you want to interject any time, Will, and throw some more in, you can. I don't want to tell the whole—just kind of just preach to everybody, but that that's the background, and that's where everything started. And one, one of the uh, gentlemen that get, that ticketed that day decided to fight the ticket, which most of us should. You know, technically that law is unjust or whatever. Um, and, you know, the, the the collector car community was meeting with the Highway Patrol to try to get an interpretation of the laws. And the state police were saying, well, we're not training to the way the law was intended. This is the way we're training is the way we're interpreting the law now. And those meetings went on until March of 2018 when the state police said, now we don't need to go to those meetings anymore. Go to 2019. Almost a year later, this guy gets ticketed, fights it. He went to court. The the judge said to the DA and him, uh, you need to figure this out. If not, you're going to go back to court June 13th and we'll set a a trial date for a um, jury trial. So that's kind of where it was at. That's where this car owner was. They learned that one of their state senators was coming to do a kind of a town hall listening session, I guess is what they called it. Uh, Senator uh, Chris Compagna, Republican District 33, last name's K-A-P-E-N-G-A. And a bunch of hobbyists drove our initial court case. There were over, uh, I think, 30 or 40 hobbyists there, some driving 250 miles to show support. At this listening se- session, many of the collectors came to show support, and they questioned the Senator on what was going on. And the first rotter, and this is a quote from the uh, Old Cars Weekly article dated uh, May 29th, the first rotter to voice his opinion about the tickets was informed by the Senator that the three tickets written out to the Hot Rodders in the Dodgeville area had been dismissed by the District Attorney of Iowa County, Wisconsin, where Dodgeville is located. Because of the dismissal of the tickets, a court hearing is not um, on the matter, originally scheduled for June 13th, and it had been canceled. Nobody told the car owner, nobody got told the guy that was ticketed that, you know, they had dismissed the tickets. So fortunately, they went to this thing and learned that the senator may have taken care of it, or either way, they thought it was all done. And this is, you know, early June. However, the guy that owned the 32 Ford was informed that although the tickets were dismissed, he needed to submit his 1932 Ford Coupe to Wisconsin inspection by a, a state trooper, and he cannot drive his car until he takes it to inspection. should be rubber-stamped. He's on, uh, what, what did I call it, hobbyist plates. Uh, we don't have hobbyist plates in Alabama. Matter of fact, I've never heard of hobbyist plates until reading this stuff on Wisconsin. So, Will, what do you think of the story so far? What do you think happens
1: next? (laughs) Well, fortunately, I know what happens next. One thing I'm going to say if you're not a member of SEMA, you need to be a member of SEMA. And the reason I say that is they fight, fight, fight stuff like this, they see it, they see it coming. You know they have it set up so easy where if you're a member of SEMA, they email you a link. You click the link and you make two or three clicks and you've signed petitions and you put your name on the list and you know to to fight stuff like this. And you know, like you said earlier, you you give them an inch and they take a mile. I make my living building cars just like the one that got ticketed. You know, there's a 32 Ford sitting in my shop right now with no hood and, you know, missing fenders and all that stuff. And real hot rodders will say fenders are made for hanging on the wall. And, you know, it's just it's really, really frustrating seeing stuff like this come out, especially in a hot rod rich state like Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, I think there's more hot rods in Minnesota than any other state and Wisconsin's not far behind them. Those guys up there, they make good money and they have long winters and they build hot rods, you know? So it's just, uh, you know, it's frustrating for me and I'm not even up there. I mean, luckily we live in Alabama and there's not very strict laws at all on, on stuff like that. Um, but I have customers from all over the country and, you know, it's, it's just like, uh, you know the the legalization of of marijuana i mean it's it's going like wildfire right now and it just takes one state to pass something and then another state's like oh well that's a great idea let's pass it too it's got to be stopped now and and i guarantee you Sema will be on this and i just highly 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 recommend if if you're into customization of automobiles you need to be a member of SEMA. You ain't got to be an active member of SEMA. Just pay the dues and get the emails and help fight this kind of stuff.
0: And yeah, see, SEMA was meeting with the state police in that prior to this, discussing that legislation and the misinterpretations of law. We had SEMA, and according to the article, the West Wisconsin Specialty Vehicle Council and the National Street Ride Association were all trying to discuss this with the police. And they said they needed to change the laws to conform to the new interpretations. And the enthusiasts reacted by saying, those laws have worked for 29 years. Why do we need to change them? And the state police kind of basically said, there's nothing more to discuss and went home. You know, uh, a number came out from Haggerty, and I'm trying to remember where it's, I saw it in, in this. And
1: point zero zero one eight.
0: That's the number percentage of car, you know, collector cars, hobbyist cars that are out there in, in the world. So 0.0018. But all, I would love to, I wish Hagerty would, and if anybody from Hagerty is listening, and I know I've been harassing McKeel lately for an interview, and we've been posting a lot of, we post a lot of Hagerty stuff on our site because they're so well-informed. Can you, tra- I'd like to know, though, what the dollar investment is that point oh oh one eight I bet you makes up one percent one and a half percent of the total dollars spent on cars in a year because you know they're building stuff that costs a ton of money you know it's a huge economic impact to thousands of businesses across across the country so Why are we talking about this tonight? Why am I talking about releasing this episode early on, like the, you know, July 11th as opposed to, which is a Friday as opposed to a Monday? Well, the update from Tuesday, July 9th, 2019. And I'm going to put this direct. I'm getting this off the Wisconsin Hot Rod Radio Facebook page. We'll give them all the credit to this. They've been behind it. I don't know if these guys... I don't know if they are actually involved with this car or whatever, but this update was provided to them by a gentleman named Kirk Reimkus of the Wisconsin Specialty Vehicle Council. Our poor gentleman that owns his 32 Ford had his hobbyist plate suspended because he failed the inspection by the highway patrol. And he he's going, you know... M- Same thing most people. People thought the tickets were dismissed. It's over. And he's coming back, and he's trying to ask the legislatures, the police, the state, how can the dismissal of the tickets lead to his suspension of registration, suspension of plates, and now he can't use the vehicle whatsoever? Technically, he can't sell the car right now because it can't be registered. You know, he's stuck with this. You know, this is what a hobbyist—his car was supposed to be hobbyist-plated— Wisconsin car enthusiasts are behind this. There's a, a link here, um, HTTPS, so it's a secured link. Dot slash slash legis dot and I think you can. I think that tells you who your Wisconsin state legislator is. But if you're out there, go ahead, send them an email. And, and you know, even you're outside of Wisconsin, like we'll just pointed out, whatever legislation happens. To, in place one happens everywhere, you know. He used marijuana as a an example. I'll use uh, the the cafe standards. That was something that was started by California. Our cars have to get so many miles per gallon, and then it was adopted by the country country really quick nationally. Uh, California emissions used to be a thing. Now you know you used to see it on The Price Is Right. You know when you know when a Ford Escort, blah blah blah, and it includes California emissions. They don't say that anymore because every car sold meets California emissions.
1: Well, D D <laughs> D D E F fluid for diesels. You know yep. all that crap was caused of California. That's Prop sixty five crap. You know, I mean that ain't nothing but crap. And if this was not a family friendly podcast, I'd say a lot more choice words, but you get anything from pretty much any company and it's got the Prop 65 may cause whatever cancer in the state of California, you know, you know, it's absolute crap.
0: Like I say, why, why we're talking about this in this article, it says, were we aware that the state of Wisconsin has officially approved an annual recognition of collector car vehicles? That's you know they set aside the second Friday of July as Collector Vehicle Appreciation Day which is ironically like I said was saying that'll be Friday July 12th the day I'm going to really try to release this podcast what's the other reason I'm going to do this is there's a little car show that goes on in Wisconsin and this is what the state police are missing you're harassing these guys that have these hobbyist plates that have these collector car plates you're targeting these people for revenue generation. I hate calling police revenue generators, but I think that's what they're doing in this case. But they're being very short-sighted. This little car show that goes on in Wisconsin, and it'll be going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week, is the Iola car show. It
1: ain't show. little. That's a big and.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, this little car show only has 110,000 spectators that come. It only offers 4,200 swamp meet spaces. It only offers 1,000 car corral spaces. It offers 1,600 campsites. And it has tw- space for 2,200 show cars. It's on 300 acres. It is a massive show. Wisconsin has builders that build multi million dollar cars. In you know aftermarket parts and things, and a lot of this stuff goes to benefit charitable organizations. Just the economic impact. Say, okay, Iola, you know, Wisconsin keeps enforcing this. Iola goes away. I did just rough estimates doing a one-day spectator ticket at fifteen dollars. Doing $80 swap meet space, $60 car corral. So, to the lowest price available for each of these things, because swap meet spaces get more expensive, uh, things get adjusted. But it's just shy of $2.2 2 million, $10,000 shy of $2.2 2 million that that show brings to the state of Wisconsin, just for Iola. And we forget. Out of that 110,000 people, I don't know how many are local. It's really hard to get that spectator number, even the 110,000 number. But, okay, let's say half those people. 55,000 people are staying in hotels. 55,000 people are eating three meals a day. Look at the overall impact to the local businesses in Iola. Look at the overall impact to the gas stations, because all these... Guys need gas. We're talking twenty-two hundred, thirty-two, thirty, say thirty-two hundred cars minimum. You know that's just a thousand in the corral and twenty-two hundred uh, show cars. It's it's crazy that you know they're 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 killing themselves. They're you know risking they're risking. I want to say they're risking the show. Will, what was your question? Or you said to me. Uh, about going into Wisconsin and what my answer was. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if
1: you are from Minnesota, you drive to Wisconsin and you're high boy 32 Ford with, uh, no hood, they're liable to stop you in mid state and be like, you can't drive your car any longer. And, you know, my question to John was, what would you do if you come from out of state? And that was his answer.
0: They have to respect laws of other states, but if it, if they see deem it as a safety issue, which is obviously what they're doing, they can make you stop driving that vehicle. Say if I'm driving something that's not CDL in Alabama, or and then I go into, say, Georgia, and the weight limit's different. I don't know if that actually applies. I'm violating Georgia law. They can make me stop driving there. They might not necessarily be able to ticket me. Um, I don't totally understand, you know, commercial driver license, but you know th- there's an impact. So all of a sudden, I'm afraid to drive my car into the state because maybe they'll impound it, maybe they'll make me stop driving it and tow it back. If I, you know, tow it on a trailer to the show and then I just decide to drive it to my hotel and leave my truck and trailer at the show and I get stopped. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm going home from the show after a hot day at a show. It's 530. There's traffic. They stop me. You're going to blow an hour or two hours of my night. If they decide to impound it, there goes my whole evening. Now I'm not the happiest camper, we'll say. If I was a camper, I obviously wouldn't be driving. But this legislation and stuff just blows me away. And that's why I want to release the podcast early uh, to maybe get some of those people at Iola an opportunity to listen to this and get it, get it discussed. I don't know how many Wisconsin—well, actually, I can look up how many Wisconsin listeners we have. But we do have listeners in Wisconsin. It's actually amazing. We've got listeners in like 42 countries. <laughs> Somehow, I never thought I'd be talking to people in 42 countries every week. But, hey, that's what happens when you buy an $80 microphone. Maybe this has been a preachy episode it's been a short episode, but where do we want to go with this, Will? Do we really want to, is there a way to talk or, lo- you know, really look at this collector car market that makes point zero zero one eight percent of all registered vehicles, you know, point zero zero one eight percent of all the cars on the road in Wisconsin. And they're targeting these people. They're wealthy individuals in Wisconsin, or at least People with disposable income.
1: Well, I've I seen a picture of the car and that is not a cheap car to build. It's, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy that owns this car is not broke, <laughs> you know, man, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's one of those things where we're going, you know, we've been fighting it for a long time. We're going to have to keep fighting it. And I just I hope the younger generation that's coming up understands what's going on and continues, you know, what the guys above us ha- have done. It's easy to sit back in in the state of Alabama where we are and not worry about anything. Oh, that's going on in California or that's going on in Wisconsin. It doesn't affect me. Well, you know, later on down the road, it is going to affect you. It's something that, that's, that needs to be stopped and needs to be stopped now. I, I hate it because, you know, in a, in a time where police officers are kind of getting a bad rap because of the media, you know, I'm a fan of police officers. I, I You know, I'm, I have a bunch of close friends of mine that are police officers. You know, kind of that, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch type of thing. There are some out there that are are buttholes that will write you a ticket for a cracked tail light lens that you didn't know you had, or a blown turn signal, or whatever. So those guys are out there. They'll write a ticket for whatever they can find to write a ticket for. Get out there and fight. Keep our hobby going.
0: I'm the same as Will. That you know, I respect police officers. And we're getting a little bit more political than we normally do on No Driving Gloves, but this this really matters to me. And we're doing this, you know, a few days after the big Starbucks incident. And if you're listening to this a year down the road, you know, a couple police officers were asked to leave Starbucks because a customer felt afraid. I was very happy. I went in to pick up uh, lunch Sunday morning at a little local establishment, and I was the first customer in the door, and the next four customers were all police officers. And I was kind of proud that they were there. I kind of look at that as, a, you know, that's an endorsement for the restaurant to me that, you know, the cops are there and eating there. Uh, some of my best friends are, are police officers. You know, I'm friends with the, chi- uh, chief of one of the departments here. I'm friends with a uh, deputy chief that just retired. Um, I've got, uh, you know, friends on my Facebook list that are, um, Cops. I have nothing against them. I show them the utmost respect. And I'm not even saying it's the police officers. It's the political mentality of the uh, Wisconsin State Police here that's allowing this. And Will's very right. It's, if Wisconsin starts getting away with this, it's going to start trickling down. You know, California will jump on it. And, you know, unfortunately, our cars are targets because they stand out. You know, if we were the Honda Accord Society and we all drove white Honda Accords, nobody would ever notice us. But we're not. We we want cars that stand out. We want to be different. We want our cars to make noise. Uh, you know, we might want to do a burnout every now and then or, or such. And for some reason, that makes us the these horrible people. And it's funny, you go, you know, you go to a car show and people ooh and ah over it, and then you can go, you know, to... Um, a city council meeting and the same person's complaining about those cars. You know, it's, it's so Jekyll and Hyde and, and it's something we're going to deal with and we're going to fight as, you know, car hobbyists, whether you're into street rods, hot rods, dragsters, low riders, um, you know, juiced cars, I, I don't care, gassers, um, just old classic cars, brass air. If you're into anything that's a little bit out of the norm, again, if you're not that white Honda Accord or that white Toyota Camry, you're going to stick out. That's what we like to do. That's why we're in this hobby. No, None of us have built a custom car to, quote, blend in, sleepers excluded. But you know, I, like I said, I, I just wanted to hit this topic. Derek wasn't with us tonight and Will being a little bit into the hot rods, I wanted to hit his take on it. And, you know, th- this topic just landed in our lap. And uh, fortunately, the last couple of weeks, we've been able to record in a very timely fashion and get you some news out there uh, before, I want to say, a lot of people and voice our opinions. Will, do we want to dwell on any more or do we want to call this a quick easy 35 minute episode so the guys up at iola can hopefully share it around and play it
1: (laughs) oh man i I think i think we've kind of covered everything uh and kind of expressed our opinions and hopefully informed some people on what they can do to help prevent stuff like this from happening in their state and hopefully prevent stuff like this from happening again um up in wisconsin because you know it's just uh it's just it's it's frustrating that it's happening, and I could even imagine it would be more frustrating if you didn't know what you could do to uh, to help prevent it from happening again. And uh, I'll say it again, you know, SEMA, 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 SEMA. That is one of their biggest things is preventing stuff like this from happening. And I guarantee you, if Wisconsin would have changed a law, SEMA would have been on top of it. Um, Or trying to change the law, they would have been on top of it. So, um, you know, chances are nothing changed up there. Um, And the only thing I can think of, and I wish I would have thought about this earlier, is if that is a reproduction-bodied car, which... It kind of looked like a, you know, it kind of looked like a fiberglass car.
0: Well, it is commented in the article on Facebook. The 32, um, I think it's a Facebook article, has a reproduction frame.
1: Okay. Well, a frame shouldn't be that big a deal. If it's an original 32, there shouldn't be any issues at all. Um, If it is a fiberglass car and say it's titled as a special construction or, you know, whatever year that that car was was built in you know some some states are pretty tough on that right there if it's not a an original to that year um, they they can that can come back and bite you in the butt and you have to meet emission laws and safety standards of that year uh, but I think a lot of that SEMA has has taken care of.
0: Yeah, there's recently been a federal law. I'm on top of that because of the kit car world. And the the government's telling you you can do it, with all the fine print's not done. You, if you, it looks like a 32 Ford, you can register it as a 32 Ford. If you build it to look like a 62 Ferrari GTO, you can register it as a 62 Ferrari GTO.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, that was that was you know that would be the only thing that I could think of that might you know kind of put a hurting on a few things as far as that goes. But, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it, it's 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 tough to reach stories like that.
0: And that's why we're here on the podcast. And, you know, it's a couple of years ago we would have read this and we would have bitched about it on the phone to each other and nothing. But at least a couple hundred people are going to hear this now and maybe take some action. And I was going to cite an example, you know, how we've talked about this trickles everywhere You know, Texas has recently gone through this with uh, replicars or or actually dune buggy kit cars, Myers-Manks, the tube frame VWs and that, where they pulled all their registrations overnight. They weren't legal vehicles because the state... Didn't think they should be, and I believe that's been overturned. And SEMA was helping back that too. And I'm sure, like, Will said, I'm sure SEMA is going to get involved here. And you've got a couple of the other, you know, Wisconsin uh, enthusiast groups getting involved. Just to be clear, the car's owner's first name's Brad. What's happening to Brad just royally sucks. In in my opinion. That's how I'm going to conclude my uh, tirade, soapbox, whatever you want to call it tonight, rant. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you can join us uh, next week for another exciting episode of No Driving Gloves, and we'll see where we go. So I'm out of here.
1: Be safe.